Yes, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to another brand new Rugby Muscle Podcast. I'm your host as always, TJ, and today we're going to take 25 minutes for another Rugby Muscle Applied Deep Dive episode. Today we're going to be talking about my most productive year of training that I've had, and it's been during lockdown and sort of lessons that I've learned from it, things that you can apply, and an overall general sort of message that I want to sort of put out there is that you really can achieve more than you think you are capable of. And I think there are there is a lot, a lot of context that needs to be applied to that. And that's why I'm doing this whole episode as a podcast and an article, which you can read at rugby-muscle.com. Um, but in general, you de- yes, you definitely can achieve a lot more than you think you are capable of. Before we get into the episode, though, I do want to give a shout out to... Mako Frumton, he says, I must listen for any amateur rugby player. Five stars. First of all, I want to say it's refreshing to find a podcast that is aimed at amateur rugby player, not at the pros like most resources available. TJ actively advises you to take in account work-life balance, kids, etc. to help you create a routine that you will stick to. As a 33-year-old man, only a year into his playing rugby, transitioning from Olympic lifting, CrossFit, this podcast has made me realize that I cannot train like I used to in my 20s. And more importantly, it stopped me throwing in the towel after a month of overtraining. 100% worth a listen. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really happy to hear that, Mac. I get in touch and we'll be able to hook you up. Um, and I appreciate the five-star review. Now, today's episode, as I said before, it is about my most productive year of training, uh, which has been 2020 so far. I still hope that it's going to be a little bit more productive as I go into a bit of a growth phase. But overall, I, I plan on putting on a little bit of body fat. So the transformation I've made has been the most impressive transformation I've ever made. And I want to go into why. I call it the lockdown advantage. And it was how I was able to gain 16 pounds of lean mass, lose body fat during a global pandemic. And hopefully I'll be able to figure it out that a way to make sure that I have this podcast, the image of this podcast be the transformation that got pretty popular on social media, not too popular, not viral. I never want to be viral because that exposes you to way too many idiots. I like where I'm sat at here with Rugby Muscle. So it was kind of popular in terms of uh, that and uh, it got a bit of traction on the group. So I really wanted to give a deep dive into exactly what you can achieve and and how I went about this and and give you a bit of maybe a bit of hashtag inspiration maybe just a bit of reality um and also yeah to sort of sort of uncover like a lot of the the things that would go into a really um stark transformation that you'll see in a lot of these pictures so it's really important that you understand that this was a big focus for me um, making a transformation, making a transformation, um, was something that I really identified that I needed to do simply because in 2019, if you recall, if you're an OG listener of the podcast, you'll know that I set myself the goal of making a measurable two to three kilos of muscle increase without any increase in body fat. I wanted to, you know, do a decent mass gaining phase and a cutting phase and a mass gaining phase and overall wash out the fat and be at the same body fat percentage, two to three kilos heavier. I failed on that. Um, I massively failed on that. And I remember recording this podcast at the beginning of this year, having failed, having recognized that failure and just, I had to sort of own up to it, you know, 
I had the excuse of um, coming off of jujitsu. I had a, a bunch of different excuses, to be honest. Um, but essentially, when I looked back on it, I realized that like it was only because I recorded these podcasts where I went through my goals that I properly let myself down in that area. Like building muscle is incredibly, incredibly hard. It's one of the most energy expensive, biologically confusing processes that the body can sort of do. You have to put a lot of energy into it, a lot of effort into growing muscle. The body doesn't really want to grow muscle. It grows muscle because it thinks it needs to, because you trick it into thinking it needs to by lifting weights and and eating a shit and, and then giving it a shit ton of food to say we've got excess fuel here. Let's let's gain muscle. Um, and I really want to make that like distinction as to this is why I put that focus in place is because I recognized that I'd really come up short in, in the year before. Um, and in coming up short, I actually made this before picture be significantly worse than it kind of needed to be. Right. Uh, and, and that's what you'll find with a lot of before and after pictures is that what happens before the before picture tells a big part of the story. It's not just this person is already living a great life uh, in terms of like how they can develop their physique. It's usually someone that is either they've either you know started a new supplement protocol or they've hired a coach or they've you know whatever they've done has been has been off the back of several failures. That's why they take that before picture. Or you know for the most part, for, especially when you see a big transformation, they, they take this before picture because they decided that this is going to make, you know, they're going to make a big change. And I definitely took my transformation picture looking sort of my worst of the year because I think over 2019, um, I spent barely any time in a surplus. I got divorced. Uh, I was stressed out of my mind. Uh, I didn't really have uh, too much of an appetite, which is really strange for me. But more importantly than any of that, I started to take up Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And that took all of my focus of my training away um, from the gym or from the weights to the dojo to the gym it's to the bjj gym and i put a lot of effort into that there's a lot you know I, I trained really hard i got the mental benefits out of that and i still was using the weights but sometimes i was beat up from jujitsu sometimes i just didn't have the time and i you know if i'm a white belt that wants to improve his jujitsu getting bigger and getting stronger isn't going to give me anywhere near as advantage as going to a couple extra classes and getting extra roles that that experience on the mat is going to make me a better player likewise if you're listening to this and you're a rugby player this maybe even if you're new to the sport like your uh, strength and conditioning can should really just be a small supplement to just doing as much rugby as you can and that's a bit different like for rugby versus jiu-jitsu because jiu-jitsu I can go every day I can go twice a day sometimes rugby you need a few other mates to be there and help you out and um, you know especially if you're actually going to play the game obviously you need more people and you need more organized training sessions uh, which isn't just it's just not as available to rugby players you can do different skills practice and that can certainly help and I would recommend that but it's not it's not the same as you know doing jujitsu several days a week which what I was able to do that overall took like precedent that that took the I started really enjoying it I really enjoyed my training enjoyed the community and then the gym it just took a lot of the fun away it kind of made the gym seem less fun for me um and looking back on it I think I'd, I'd started to I, I, I was already struggling with my uh ambitions of making of making the weight room fun and i admit that at the beginning of 2019 if i recall i said one of my goals was to make um my training fun and i did that with jujitsu 
but I failed to do that with my weights training. I didn't really put in any, any sort of effort into that. And the more I enjoyed jujitsu, the more it made my weight training itself seem kind of boring and the, the less rewarding the training process itself got. I think that's something that not only I struggled with since two th- beginning of 2009, but it's actually something I struggled with since um, about the end of 2017. I retired from rugby. I then decided that as soon as I finished retiring, I was going to get shredded. I did that. I got I did a little uh, photo shoot with me at my leanest I'd ever been. And then from there, I sort of struggled because, you know, um, I just didn't, I, you know, I enjoyed the mental benefits of training. I still showed up to the gym, but for the most part, I was listening to podcasts. I was just phoning in my training. I was really more ambitious with my working life at the time. And overall, like, I was still going to the gym, but I wasn't putting forth, especially, uh, you know, as someone that's been training for 10 plus years, I wasn't putting forth the energy that was required to gain muscle. I was gaining in other areas, you know, I was, I was definitely staying lean. I was doing okay, but I wasn't putting forth the extra effort that I really needed to do to push myself from a strength and hypertrophy perspective. Um, and so all of that goes to say that over since probably 2017 or maybe since I ever retired from rugby when I you know I got shredded I lost probably a bit of uh, muscle then then I lost a little bit more muscle with the stress then I lost more muscle when, when I was training for jiu-jitsu and I needed my energy in that direction um, even in the summer of 2019 I had I cut uh 10 pounds or so of uh, 10 plus pounds of water weight to make a 185 weight class just as an experiment I successfully did that but I wonder as to how much muscle I lost in doing that. And I wonder if I ever like intentionally then got that muscle back on. Maybe you know, I gained the weight back, but I don't, you know, if you told me, if you asked me if I, if I could say with 100% confidence, I gained the muscle back that I might have lost getting down to that. I'll, I'll probably say I didn't. Um, and so that sort of sheds a big light into this before picture. Shows I wasn't at my best. It shows that I'd actually come off of losing a good deal of uh, muscle, a good deal of mass. And so when you then look at the after picture and see that I've gained 16 pounds of lean mass, majority of that is actually going to be regained, if not all of it. So it really makes it obvious and uh, it really should shine a light that's, that this isn't totally new ground that I was going over in doing this transformation. Um, and then one more thing, I guess, before the, you know, before these before shots, I had also taken three weeks off of training. I was in Peru. Uh, just walking around, eating what I wanted, and you know, just doing. You know, I was eat, was walking a fair bit, but I did zero training. So, this context is vitally important. The before, the before picture, right? I wasn't in a good place um, physically in terms of my actual output from my training. My physique wasn't, you know, looked probably its worst. It was like not necessarily overly intentionally, but those are my before pictures. And if I can actually, what I'll do is on this YouTube video. Uh, on the YouTube version of the podcast, I'll put my whole before shot happening now, and then I'll put my after video going there. So I set up my camera in my gym locker room. I took my before pictures, and I said, right, this year I'm really going to keep track of this. And it's really important that you guys do that because I think that nothing shows a transformation quite like a picture, and you can lie to yourself or you can like sort of um, sell yourself short week on week with those before pictures. I mean, with your um if you're just looking in the mirror versus if you've got if you can compare pictures over time like you can see a stark difference and i do and i I make this a really important point with my clients all the time and you know this transformation was by no means um 
overnight. It was nine months long. Um, and the first thing I really did for this nine months was I treated myself like I was my own new client. I um, needed the accountability, the management that I would put in that I would put in place for every client of Rugby Muscle Elite. I did that for myself. So I set myself a year long plan, um, kept everything in a uh, extensive tracking sheet. I decided to track quite a lot of information, track my weight, my calories, my GJ, BJJ practices, my training sessions, my sleep, and whatever I needed to keep on top of within each phase. Um, those phases being, it was the plan was six weeks of cutting, four weeks maintenance, 12 weeks massing, three week mini cut, eight weeks massing, two weeks more maintenance, four to six weeks more cutting, and then about 12 to 16 weeks of massing to finish out the year. I'm now in that 12 to 16 weeks of massing to finish out the year. Um, the sheet itself kept me massively accountable. I, um, it's really easy to hide from your shortcomings and really easy to like hide from your lack of progress if you don't document them. You can stay stagnating for months on end, even years on end probably is what I did because I hadn't really kept track of this stuff as, as well as I had in this period of time uh, beforehand. And so it really made it obvious. And if I, I had a, in, in the in the sheet section, I had a goal like aim for each week. And then I had a reality aim. Uh, I had a reality output for each week. So if my goal was to aim for, you know, 2,800 calories and it was a gaining phase and I actually only got 2,700 calories, I, I would see that. I would see where I came short and I would have to fess up and I have to know that I'd do better in the next, um, in the next week. And I think, um, that was something that really kept me accountable. It also really helped me stay accountable towards the end of March when the world changed, when COVID-19, the global pandemic, um, closed the offices down, restaurants down, and more importantly for, for this, closed the gyms down. It meant we had to remain at home. It meant to, it meant that I had to really assess my options and pivot. Um, this is obviously a clear wrench and a clear spanner in the works that, you know, threatened to really mess up this plan. Obviously, because I'm recording this podcast and obviously because you've seen the pictures, it didn't mess up my plan. However, I did initially uh, flirt with the idea of saying like, screw it and just to not train this whole period of time and to get a really, really, really good before picture. You know, if I'd have just been a slouch, I'd have been a fat slob. Problem with doing that is it ends up being self-fulfilling just because you, you know, you put off your, uh, your day actually makes it that much harder to start that on, on that train, right? So if I'd have put that off and I, I decided to start in in the summer it would have been so much harder for me to actually get back on that horse because it's it's not motivation it's habits and I would have got into a lot of bad habits and those bad habits would have been really difficult to get out of hi guys I just wanted to jump in here to tell you that if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to become a better athlete then you can go ahead and visit rugby-muscle.com and pick up any of our free goodies that is uh, the 50 free rugby conditioning sessions the physique nutrition crash course video series the supplement guide and newly added is a macro calculator yes that's right a macro calculator where you will be able to work out your protein carbs fat and calories that you should be eating on a daily basis to give you a guide as to where to start your diet from this will help in conjunction with your 53 conditioning sessions to build you out a decent little plan that will enable you to take control of your training and use effective training and nutrition to become a better athlete all that stuff and more can be found at rugby-muscle.com or rugby-muscle.com forward slash macros for the macro breakdown so I chose the opposite direction. I chose 
to really double down and focus on this uh, uh, weight training, physique development aspect of my training. Obviously, my jujitsu gyms were closed, so that took away another aspect of the, like that took away a big aspect of what messed up my 2019 physique progress. We'll get to that in a little bit. We'll get to the how the jujitsu training fitted into all of this. So lockdown basically ripped away like so many different areas of, of my life and social life and everything. But I was able to really keep control of training, nutrition, and you know, my physique. I, I could easily stay in control. And, and if anything, I had little other distractions, right? So all the other things that would normally go into place to uh, that would rip me away and make it a more difficult to stay on top of my physique, they were now out of the picture. I was able to stay really much in control and uh, keep on top of everything. And I think this is the probably the biggest lesson about this was I was able to to really make this change because I could dedicate myself quite deeply, not just to the actual training process, to, to everything else. I think lockdown was actually cr- like pretty much one of the most important factors of me being able to make this transformation. Um, you know, I always try and get my clients to sort of engineer their week around making the most progress once you factor factored in everything else. So how many training sessions can you make after work, family, social life, etc.? set out everything else in, in your schedule, then how many sessions can you make? Right, now what else can we change and how can you you dictate your diet around it and all that sort of stuff? With my week, it was like there was, I, I was I was dealing with a blank slate every time. So I could fit the training time whenever I wanted to. I could sleep whenever I wanted to. I took a daily nap. I meditated every day for up to 30 minutes. I went out and walked after um, my three bigger meals or at least... Um, I woke up, went for a walk. I took a walk, walk after um, after my big lunch, took a walk after my big dinner, obviously walked the dog every time. And that helped as well. That helped just keep me me fit, active enough to then work from home and train and just be fine. And I also had the time, you know, each evening to get into a routine to keep track of everything in the morning to keep track of everything. Obviously, because of this, like my social life took a hit um as did everyone's right like lockdown affected everybody and i don't wish for another lockdown by any stretch but the fact that that social life did take a hit allowed me to put extra focus on this transformation i think again this is why this transformation was my best ever because i i didn't have a social life to sort of sacrifice because we're all stuck at least for a good deal of it and then by the time we we were back doing stuff you know i had I had all these habits in place and I had this momentum and I didn't want to lose it. And so I think in order, those are the two most important factors of this transformation. I haven't even spoken about the training or the nutrition, right? It's just, I really decided to um, stop my uh, self-fulfilling prophecy of losing muscle to actually acknowledge the change that I needed to make. I treated myself like I would do any other client. I kept on top of everything. And then lockdown happened and it, ab- it enabled me to really take control of my training, my physique, and all of the extra things that go into building muscle. You know, your sleep, your your food, and being as accurate as you can with your food, keeping your stress low. All this stuff, like, you can, you can say it's not as important as, as just getting through the training and ticking the box, and I'm a big advocate of that. But if you do everything else right, you can get exponential growth from those things. Um, that's not to say they should take the focus over nutrition. The nutrition should be a standard. The training should be a standard. But you should push yourself a little bit harder 
but really it's you know the other stuff goes into it once that stuff's in place and it's it's nailed down and i nailed down that and because of lockdown i was able to really keep on top of everything else i slept i I treated myself like i was almost like a monk that had nothing else to do but to build his physique out and that's why you see such a great transformation now on to actually what i did nutritionally um nutritionally i uh opted oh, oh I always forget to say this. I'm a, I'm a pescatarian, right? Um, last year, I committed to being a vegetarian or, or committed to being a plant, you know, to going plant based. Um, started out as just someone eating organic meat only. Realized that didn't work. It was just a, it was just a waste waste of time. I might as well just go completely vegetarian. Did that. Went flirted with pescatarian, flexitarianism, uh, flirted with veganism for a bit. Which also, obviously, thinking about it now, like. I might have lacked a little bit of protein and that might have lacked, uh, uh, gone, contributed to more to my muscle loss that year, but can't say for definite. But this year I went back to being a pescatarian. Um, I downloaded the, um, it's a sea seafood watch app on my, um, on my phone. So I made sure that every fish I got was sustainably caught and, and whatnot. And it was fine for me to eat. Made sure I did that and then incorporated fish into my diet a few days a week, a good deal of uh, organic eggs um, and not too much dairy, but overall it was that. And then a lot, I, I would have a lot of powders. This helped me bump up my protein to two, 220 to 240 grams of protein every day. Um, and then my carbs would, my massing phase went from 300 grams to 600 grams every single day. Fat stayed as low as they could because in an ideal world, like your fats, once you've hit your minimum level of fats, you don't need to increase them. They're just a, that, you know, if you're going for a mass phase and you're in a big excess of calories, like fat is easier to store as fat because it's fat, right? It's so like obvious that people sort of miss the forest through the trees and they talk about how great keto is for hormones and all this sort of stuff it's just nonsense once you've got enough fat it's doing its job you don't need any more your best fuel source to have after that is 100 for gaining muscle for training hard is gonna be carbohydrates and so this actually became a bit of an issue where there were points where i had to sort of keep my um like fats in check by not eating things like oh because the fat content was so high and because of my other choices that day, I got in healthy fats, of course, each time. But it really limited my choices. It, made, it, made, it kept my diet, quote-unquote, clean. Um, it, it stopped me from eating, like, loads of junk. It stopped me from eating, like, overly palatable foods where, and I've said this time and time again, biggest issues that people have when they go on a massing phase, a bulking phase, a muscle-building phase is that they go too fast, they gain too much fat, and then they panic and they go back into a cutting phase or a maintenance phase or they just quit. This is a huge issue, right? You're better off gaining slowly, right? So even like when I talk about like 16 pounds of lean mass in nine months, that's still less than two pounds of lean mass mass each month. So less than a kilo a month of actual like muscle gain. So the more you can keep that in check, the slower you can grow, the the more likely it is you're going to hold on to muscle, or the more likely it is that you're just building muscle. Obviously, there's a point where that becomes diminishing, but you need to keep feeding yourself. Um, but overall, like eating junk, gaining five pounds in, in a week, 
10 pounds in two weeks and 15 pounds in three weeks, like you're going to see yourself just become a fat slob and you're not going to stick to the process of gaining muscle. The longer that you can stay in a surplus, the, the more likely you are to build some quality muscle. Um, so it's another, it's another extra reason why I really like going really low fat and high carb, keeping my fats to a minimum, like of half a gram per kilo of body weight or so, uh, maybe a little bit more, making sure I've getting, I'm hitting all my boxes with that with, in terms of like getting my nutrients in. But other than that, piling in the carbs, the carbohydrates makes the biggest difference. Um, and for the mini cuts, I just try to get hit around 2000 calories with the same protein and then fats and carbs would be my choice for the maintenance. I ate at maintenance and I, I didn't overly track. I just kept my stuff on point. I could try to keep my weight in check. Lockdown again really came in helpful here because I didn't have lots of dinner plans with loads of other people. Um, 99.999% of my food was was uh, cooked, tracked, and eaten at home. And I was able to really keep in control of it. I got creative sometimes with meals. Um, each night, pretty much, it would be some sort of uh, pizza, with, like homemade pizza, because the, I bought the base. I found a really nice base, actually at the dollar store, that they sold that was like really low, low in uh, fat nailed that and then i didn't have to put too much cheese on it if any cheese um and then that was awesome i would have some potatoes i would have a giant rice dish every now and again but it was it was it was like monumental each night i'd work up a sweat same thing from my post-training meal would just be giant uh cream of rice um sometimes it was oatmeal sometimes it was it was always topped off with cereal so like two carb sauces going in there they were big bowls I was eating with a big spoon. I was making it enjoyable. And in fact, like because it wasn't too high in fat, I didn't feel like uncomfortably full at the end each time. I was able to digest it quite well. I wouldn't say I was hungry, but I could carry on eating more if I wasn't keeping track. And so all in all, I was able just to get everything dialed in. Um, if my weight didn't go up um, as fast as I, if I wanted it to, I added an extra 100 calories. 25 grams of carbs maybe 50 grams of carbs if it didn't go up at all um, if it went up too fast i held that held the same calories for the next week but i sequentially increased the the carbohydrates essentially as i went up and that was that's it as far as like muscle gain and nutrition went for this phase and for this transformation i tried to keep it simple but I, really the point is that maybe i messed up a few times but i was so good over the course of nine months there's maybe you know, maybe seven days where I didn't quite stick to the plan, something like that. Um, and those days weren't blowouts. Maybe there was more than that, but none of them were blowouts. I never really messed up that bad at all. And so over the course of nine months, like I was able to really make a big change. The the training, like there was nothing special about the training. Um, you know, you really want to hear, oh, I went extra high volume or extra low volume or I did something. No, like I just really focused on my training i really focused on like bringing a little bit more intensity listen to music not podcasts and actually in terms of bringing on more intensity what i did do was probably probably the biggest influence on my training was i i kept my phone in my bag or i kept my phone away i put a playlist on put my bluetooth headphones in and i didn't look at my phone throughout the fucking training session I started writing my notes all down on a pen. I mean, I started writing my training down on a notepad with a pen. Uh, kept the logbook, just kept looking at it each week, 
made sure I just increased the weights or increased the reps, got more work done, maybe added in a set. I just got more volume done each session. And you know, for four to six weeks, then I take a deload. And if you're not sure what a deload is and not sure about that process, go back and listen to last week's podcast about deloading. But in terms of actual like what I did, anything if, if anything was glamorous outside of doing a warm up, doing a proper cool down, and writing uh, like vigorously keeping notes in my uh, in, in my logbook, beating the logbook, and not looking at my phone and getting distracted. I kept the intensity up and that was a, that enabled me to keep training like on a level that really facilitated this change. So I was really happy with that. Um, and obviously because gyms are closed down, there wasn't anything specific. I, um, I trained at home. I trained at a local park. There was about a three minute run from my apartment. You can see the highlights of which on my YouTube channel because I, I, I posted one session up there for an example. And then I went to my buddy's garage gym twice a week. Um, and then when the, my local gym opened up again in June or July, started to use that. And again, nothing overly like revolutionary happened with my training. It was um, just your standard progressive training with a little bit more intensity, a little bit more focus. And because of that, I was able to have that much more productivity. I think that really like nails it there was nothing special with supplements nothing special with anything else um and i probably put the order that i've i've addressed all of these points are the order of the importance of what goes into making this transformation so i hope you guys learned something from that um, i hope you realize that like because of this those are the things that were able that enabled me to consistently make a change like it's not just because of lockdown but it's because of the lack of distractions i've then since taken that not been in lockdown and still kept going kept pushing forward because i realized that this is so much fun um getting like real productivity out of my training changing my body is something that i've always enjoyed doing it's part of my work it's part of who i am and i really do think that um i've learned just as much from this um as i've actually like changed so had a great year of training really happy with the transformation that i was able to make um, and i hope you guys can learn some lessons from this as well like not too long before that before picture i did i still was kidding kidding myself into thinking that i'd reached my genetic potential i'd done the best i could and any sort of physique transformation was beyond possibility for me and and obviously this year has taught me that I was absolutely wrong with that. It taught me that I was bullshitting myself. I didn't really realize how much I was bullshitting myself for, you know, three, four years um, before that, before since retiring from rugby, how how much I'd bullshitted myself into just phoning in my training um, and fact, kept telling myself that I was held back by my genetics. I actually was capable of a lot more. I just didn't give it the priority and the um, the treatment that it really deserved to enable me to make the change and i think you guys can all do the same as same too you know um like i hope this does inspire you this do this sort of training and you you know treat yourself like you are someone who seriously wants to make a huge change get some good before pictures let me know if you need any help at tj underscore ruppy on the instagram let me know if you guys enjoyed this one and if you did give me a five star review We'll be back next week with another Ruppy Muscle Applied, and we'll be back in the next podcast with a Ruppy Muscle Q&A from the Facebook group, which you can join in the links below. See you guys in the next one. Mm -hmm.
All right. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode of the Rugby Muscle Podcast, then I've got a quick little request and a potential prize giveaway for you if you do said request. All I want you to do is go to Apple Podcasts and type up a five-star review. Just your general opinions of the podcast would be great feedback, but also helps us reach higher rankings, get more exposure, allow me to attract more guests and devote more time to developing a better all-around podcast experience for you. All you have to do once again is go and give us a five-star review on whatever podcast service you use. Let me know that you've got it. And then every single week, I'll be selecting one review to give away a free prize. That free prize will be either one free month of Team Rugby Muscle. That's our world-class strength condition program app delivered directly to your phone. Or if that doesn't interest you, then we've got one free consultation where I'll, I'll go over your training program, your nutrition, and advise you how to best plan for your goals. Even if none of those things interest you, it's still doing me a solid and helping the podcast grow by going and giving us a five-star review. There's no real excuse. It takes like one minute and that helps the show out exponentially. So I'd really appreciate if you could do that. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you in the next one.